Hello, hello. Whoa, that is super loud. <laughs> you guys don't want to be hearing me that loud this whole entire time. As you're finding your seats, welcome to Chi Alpha, everyone. Sorry, that's my natural response to say that because I'm usually up here doing announcements, but not tonight. Um, I want to introduce myself in case there might be a few people in the room um, that are new or maybe you just don't know me. Let's change that. Let's be friends. But my name is Angela Jarvis, and I am on staff here with Mizzou Chi Alpha. Um, this is my ninth year working for the ministry. <laughs> It has been a hot minute. Um, I did two years as a give a year, and then this is my seventh year on staff. I love what I do. I get to tell people all the time, I have like the coolest job because I get to hang out with you guys. So um, I'm excited to share just a little bit of what the Lord has laid on my heart tonight. And I don't want to take this opportunity and this blessing lightly. So obviously I want to say thanks to Tom for giving this crazy um, a chance at the mic. So let's get things started. I have a question. Have you all been enjoying the messages this far, so far? Awesome. I have two, um, to a point. So talking about Jesus being our shepherd, I'm like, amen, hallelujah. You know, talking about he's our provider. Yes, Tom, keep preaching. Okay, maybe the one about thought life kind of like, ooh, that one hurt a little bit, but still, good. I enjoyed it. It's when he stepped on my toes. And I have this opportunity, you guys are so scared about what I'm about to say, It's when he started to step on my toes a little bit, and he started talking about these needs versus wants thing, that I'm like, oh, no, you didn't, Tom Trask. Like, my fighting stance was up. And then he had the audacity to call me out in front of all of you. You guys may not remember it, but it's, like, scorched in my memory. He might have alluded to the fact that I maybe have a love for clothing. <laughs> I do. And so, you know what? What I'm going to do with the mic, I'm going to take this opportunity to set the record straight, to maybe claim some truth to the situation, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to prove that Tom Trask was once again right. So if you can put those pictures up on the screen... I want to give you all a tour of my wardrobe. I would say my closet, but let's be real, ever since I got out on my own, I don't think I've had every single piece of my clothing put away in no way. People in the room that may currently be my roommates or were formerly my roommates are thinking, yeah, we know this life. So starting at the top, I'd like to introduce you to the, you know what, I might fold them someday group of clothing. Notice there are no duplicates. The second group is the, you know, I'm thinking I might put that in the washer this week. The next group, that's actually in my garage, along with two other trash bags full of like, you know, I should probably take those to Plato's Closet. I could make a few bucks. The next is, oh, look, I have stuff hanging up. Look at me. And then down here, it shows that that's actually false and an illusion, that things are all over the floor and throwing up out of my closet. And there's my dresser. And then I know that all of y'all have this. Everyone has a chair, right? Y'all have the chair. It's like the, I was going to wear this, but I'm sorry, you're not good enough to be on my body today. Chair, it goes there to stay there. So what is the root of my clothes addiction? Why the plethora of apparel? 
Also, I would like to put in a side note, 85% of those, that clothing doesn't actually fit me <laughs> anymore. <sighs> That's a good thing. We'll get to that in a minute or a few. But the reason why I have all this clothing is I have a hard problem of letting go of things. I just don't like to give them up. Hold on to that. It'll make sense in a minute. So, so far this semester, our theme has been refresh, and we've been looking at Psalm 23, and tonight we're going to continue with the next line, which states, he makes me lie down in green pastures. So, a few weeks ago, Tom talked about having, you know, um, selective hearing in a good way. I tend to have selective hearing in a bad way. See, I knew what I was going to talk about. I knew the text, like Psalm 23, but I'm like, where is the connection between the two? Just wasn't finding it. Little did I know, it had already been said to me, and I just didn't hear it. But it was when this one word was pointed out to me that I was like, oh, this makes sense. And it's the word make. See, he doesn't, you know, suggest for us to lie down in green pastures. He doesn't encourage us. He makes us lie down in green pastures. See, when we look at Psalm 23 and David, it's less about what God is commanding us to do. This is really David's opportunity to say, this is what I'm doing in my life. His choosing to submit in surrender, and that's what I'm going to talk about. More specifically, submitting our physical bodies to the Lord. Like, it even hurts when I said that, because I'm going to be real with y'all. I did not want to speak on this topic I did not want to write this message. <laughs> and so I'm going to give you a little glimpse into mine and Tom Trask's conversation. I would ask him to come up here and demonstrate it, but you can probably guess what he did during all of this. Um, when he asked me to go this direction, we were on the deck of the Chi Alpha house, and I might have stomped my foot, thrown up my hands, I whined, I cried, I literally said the phrase, but I don't wanna, um, in a very whiny voice. And why? Because I feel like I'm the last person that should be speaking about this. Because I struggle with it the most. I might have said the words to him, really, Tom, this former really fat chick should be telling people to submit their bodies? Or the phrase, you know, a girl that says mother clucker as a profanity probably shouldn't be telling people to submit their tongues. But in the days following this conversation, the Lord taught me a thing or two about submission and writing this. See, Jesus isn't asking for our perfection. He's asking for our participation. So what does it look like to participate in submission? We're going to look at that tonight, obviously. I have a deep theological question for you all. How many of you like crime investigative kind of shows? Raise your hand. Yeah, my people. Um, side note, I originally was going to be an attorney, so like I really get a kick out of these shows, but also I just like investigative things. Like Criminal Minds, Law and Order, SVU, those are my jams. Um, but during every police investigation or research you do, there's six basic questions that have to be answered so that you have a complete understanding or knowledge of a topic. You could probably guess what these are because your English teachers probably taught you about them as well. They are who, what, when, where, why, and how. You got it? Good job. <laughs> and so we're going to look at all of those. 
Every single one. And I can see by the look on some of your guys' faces, I studied nonverbal communication in college. I can see you're like, oh my goodness, she's going to handle all six of these. We're going to be here all night. Don't worry. They're pretty straightforward. We'll buzz through them and it'll be great. And so the first major question is, where do we submit? Simply put, this can be broken down into two forms, our physical selves and our spiritual selves. I'm discussing the physical this evening, and then next week, the lovely Julie Barton will be handling our spiritual selves. And so to get things started, I want to go back to John 10 that we've kind of visited a little bit, where it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. See, there's no greater example of submission and surrendering our physical bodies than to look at Jesus on the cross. So we're going to start off in Luke 22 and verse 9. But I can see you guys opening up your Bibles or maybe your Bible app. I don't want you to do that tonight. In fact, the words aren't even going to be on the screen. I think there's moments in the Bible where we just have to sit and soak in the words and the story that's being told to us. And so I want everyone to close their eyes. I want you to imagine, I'm setting this up, Jesus had just had the Last Supper with his disciples He has been betrayed. He knows what is coming next, that he's going to be crucified. And so he goes away to the Mount of Olives, to the garden, to pray. And I'll read. Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Open your eyes. Like I said, I want to specifically focus on submitting our physical bodies tonight because taking a look back at Romans 12 that Tom mentioned a few weeks ago, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a holy and living sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. We worship God by how we give our bodies that he has given us back to him. And it may not seem like this is an act of worship, but it is. And it requires our bodies a physical response or discipline. And there's physical disciplines in our lives that we have to do as Christians in order to be able to grow. And honestly, physical disciplines are like my struggle. Like, why? I don't like the word no. Is there anybody that really just enjoys being told no? Didn't think so. I don't like it when other people tell me no. I especially don't like it when I have to tell myself no. Because often when we're told no, that means we have to sacrifice or surrender something. Because sacrifice and submission, they go hand in hand. So something else that I've enjoyed this semester is all the sheep facts that we've been getting. I know there's some of you that have been like, yes, I love sheep. They're great. Um, And so I wanted to continue that trend tonight um, because there's a distinct correlation between submission and physical response for our furry friends, sheep. And so there are four reasons why sheep will not want to lie down. 
See, sheep have to be free of all fear. They do not want to be in friction or animosity towards any of their kind. Um, they can't be tormented by parasites or flies. And lastly, they won't lie down and, unless they feel full, or if they feel hungry, they won't do that. So for sheep, they cannot be unrest unless physical requirements are met. For us, submission cannot occur unless a physical response happens. So next question, who? This one's real easy. You, me, all of us, none of us are exempt from submitting to the Father. Um, even Jesus, he was part God and man. He had to submit to the will of the Father. And so he's also who we submit to. So who is done? Check. We can move on. See, don't worry. We won't be here all night. Um, next is when. Much like the question of when to worship, when do we submit? when we feel like it, and when we don't. Oftentimes, we don't feel like giving things over. We're selfish people, right? And so here's the thing. In those moments of when we submit, even when we don't feel like it, that's when the greatest um, amount of growth can occur. See, submission is an act of faith, not an art of negotiation. It's not like, okay, God, I'm going to give this over to you if you do this, that, and the other. If it was like that, my life would be a whole lot different, right? We can't treat it like this. This isn't a court case or a negotiation, a business deal with God. Last week, LT mentioned Abraham and Isaac, and I believe that there is a correlation between them and the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. See, it's a father being willing uh, to give up their son. Abraham, he knew what God was asking him to do, and he knew that God was a God who provides, and he was going to provide a sacrifice. He had faith that God was who he said he was and that he would do what he would say he would do. Many times we don't feel like submitting because we fear the sacrifice, possible pain, discomfort, everything that comes along with it, but I hate to be very blunt with this. Submission is about the kingdom's benefit, not about our comfort. The following excerpt from a blog that I read, I'm a real blog head, I like them. Um, this is a blog about submission and Jesus' acts on the cross sums it up beautifully. His will never wavered, but maintained itself supreme over the natural recoil of his human nature from pain and death. If he had not felt the cross to be a dread, it had been no sacrifice. If he had allowed the dread to penetrate to his will, he had been no savior. But now he goes before us in the path which all have, in their degree, to travel and accepts pain that he may do his work. So the next question, what? What is surrender? See, I read this in a commentary that the biblical definition of submission cannot be understood apart from a biblical definition of authority. You have to get one to get the other. See, because I could sum submission up simply as God is God and I'm not. I know it's a hard thing to grasp. <laughs> it's when we realize the Lord's ultimate authority in our lives that we can act in the understanding and knowledge that nothing in this life is ours, not even our bodies. So I want to clear up some misconceptions that you guys may have about submission because if I don't clear these things up, you guys are not going to hear another word that I have to say, right? See, sometimes when we say the very word submission, we get like this shiver down our spine. Like how many of you guys have seen Lion King? 
hopefully every single person in this room can one of the greatest Disney movies of all time. Um, anyways, so there's this part where the hyenas go, Mufasa, right? And they like shiver. They do it, Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Um, anyways, they like shiver. I feel like that's us sometimes with submission. We hear submission, we're like, ooh. Because we see it as something that is degrading or self-deprecating. See, submission was never meant to be a less than position or posture of weakness. Actually, it requires great strength to lay aside your own ideas and take on the plans of another. Another misconception about submission is that it is a one-time act. This isn't just something that we do one time. We equate it almost to like a sprint. We work really, really hard for a short amount. I don't know what really sprinting's like. I'm not a runner. But what I've heard is that it is you work really, really hard for a short distance, and then you get your goal, right? It's not like that. <laughs> it is a discipline and isn't something that is developed overnight. So, um, if you want to click to that picture. Um, so many of you probably know I am like proud auntie. Like anything that my nephews or my nieces do, like I am there to cheer them on. I am their biggest fan. I will make a t-shirt. Like I will post incessantly about them because these smaller humans make my life great and I love them a whole lot. And so um, this He's so handsome. Don't tell him I said that. He's so great. Um, I'm really proud of him. Um, this is my nephew, Earl Jr. Um, <laughs> he used to be called Little Earl, but he's like, I'm too old for that, Aunt Angie. Um, this is my nephew, Earl Jr. He is 16, and he is on our high school's football team. He is a starter um, for offense. He's a center, but he's also a starter for the defensive line as well. Everybody says, wow. Um, I don't know exactly what he does, but I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> don't ask me for details. He hikes the ball and pushes people. There we go. Um, but what I do know is he has to dedicate a lot of time and effort. I texted him. I'm like, hey, give me a rundown of like what you have to do for football. It took him like three hours to answer. But he told me just about how many hours he has to spend at practice. He has to be up early. He goes to bed late. He watches films. He has to watch what he eats while his younger brothers are downing sodas. He's like doing, I don't know, like this big jug of like protein crap I, I stuff. Um, and so he has to do that. Why? Because he knows that he can't just run out on a field and be the superstar that his auntie really thinks that he is. I mean, he's good, but he knows that's not just going to come naturally. And so he knows that he has to do this every single day. And so we have to equate that to submission, that we can't just hand things over to God, drop them, run away, and we think that that's enough. See, it's a continual recognition of the authority in our lives and our dependency on him. You can take that picture down because I'll just be like, oh, he's so great. Um, so I want to spend a little more time tonight on the last two questions of why and how. Many years ago in a message, Tom said, the why will always determine how well the what is done. And that has been something that stuck out to me a lot in my life since the first time that I heard it. And I think it applies to submitting our physical bodies. But oftentimes when we have to do these things, we ask ourselves, but why, right? And so the Lord answers this question very simply. Why do we have to submit? Because there's a purpose. The purpose will give us more passion. And when we truly believe in something, it gives us that extra gumption to really do it, especially when we don't feel like it. 
So this is the point of the night where Andrew's going to have full transparency, and this has been the time that I've been the most nervous about. There might be tears. Here we go. Um, so <laughs> if you've been in the ministry for a few years, you um, may know about this, but I want to share it in a little bit more detail. Um, the past couple years, I have been on this roller coaster of a journey of submitting my physical body and overall health to the Lord. If you want to hit that first picture. Um, that's me, like, two and a half years ago. Um, like I said, I am not one that tells myself no. But years after eating whatever I want, letting emotions and stress wreak havoc, not wanting to exercise and not wanting sub to submit my body to the Lord, I found myself like this. I was just right at or a little over 300 pounds on a five-foot-two frame. After Chi Alpha events, my feet would swell so bad that I couldn't walk for days after. Um, there's been times where I've been in the hospital, I've had trouble breathing, um, and they were having to do tests because they thought I was showing signs of early congestive heart failure. Um, I remember intervention type conversations with my friends being like, will you please do something? Will you please change? But here's the thing, no one else can submit your body for you. You have to want to do it, and then you have to do it. And it was the beginning of April that a couple of things really started hitting um, in my heart and in my brain. See, March to April is a busy time for Chi Alpha. We have girls and guys retreat, new leaders training. That year I was leading a spring break trip to Atlanta. Um, right after that was family weekend. A lot of things were going. And by the end of it, I was exhausted. I was sick. I was um, having to go to the doctor, ER trips, all kinds of stuff. I was angry at myself for letting my body get this way. I was angry at my friends for trying to help me. And I was just angry at life. I was so mad. And you know what? It was my fault. I had done this. And I had an honest conversation with Missy in Dunn Brothers, and I can pick out where we were sitting, that it all started to click. I started eating healthier. I actually started running. I changed some of the things that I did. Um, my lifestyle was better. I'm not going to say that I was perfect. Remembering that submitting our bodies is a continual thing. Um, last year, to just put it simply, I had a whole lot of junk that just happened. And being the emotional eater that I was, I went to Chinese food and sour Skittles. I remember driving Tom home from service one night, and he picked up on it when I said it. Yeah, I'm going to probably pound a whole pound bag of sour Skittles when I get home. That's where I was. I had gained 40 of the 65 pounds that I had lost back, and my body started feeling and looking the way that it did in the beginning. And I found myself again in a place where I needed to change. I had to go back to submitting my physical self. And see, I had to remember why I was doing this, and there are two, are slash were two reasons why I am for myself and for others. Honestly, I'm, I'm not saying this in a prideful way because I'm definitely still on this journey. I was so unhappy. I was unhappy with my body. I was unhappy with ministry. I was unhappy with life. And I looked in the mirror and I was disgusted because I had taken what God had made and I was just not living up to um, submitting my temple to him. All the kimonos and big cardigans in the world couldn't hide the fact that I was really unhealthy. And so... I wanted to look good, uh, look good and feel good about myself. And you know what? That is okay. And you know what? I'm not at my goal weight, but you know what? I pr feel pretty flipping good about myself right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I had to do a little dance. 
And I'm able to do a lot more. I, it's not just about fitting in a certain size of jeans. It was also about you guys. It was about being able to minister and do things and hang out. It was about being able to run up a hill and act silly with my friends and dance to Spice Girls at Fall Retreat and not be winded. But see, I had to realize that my selfishness and my pride and my lack of reverence to the authority of God and respecting my temple was getting in the way. So the next picture, I started doing it again. This is from today. Thank you, photo credit to Tyler. Um, I have officially lost 85 pounds. I am down five pant sizes, four shirt sizes, and a checkup with my doctor showed that my heart is actually functioning pretty great. So you guys can cheer all you want, and that's great, but please know that this is still a process for me. It is every single day. Even the past couple of days, it has been this temptation to be like, you know what? This is good enough. It's better than that, right? I'm just giving a little bit over to God, but it has to be this continual thing. In fact, last night, there was major emotional meltdown in my home. Um, Keenan was there because he is dating one of my roommates, and so Keenan was like, it's okay, Ange. <laughs> Why? Because I couldn't find something to wear tonight. <laughs> because everything, I know, in that sea of clothes, I had nothing, right? <laughs> because I would try stuff on, and I'd be like, nothing looks good. Everything's baggy. I look homeless. But <laughs> honestly, it was God saying, Angela, chill out a moment. You're not where you're going to be, but you're also not where you were. Just keep submitting to me. And so I had to remember the why. See, you can take that off the screen too. <laughs> At the Mount of Olives, Jesus knew what was about to happen. He knew the pain that was, he was about to endure. And his human nature asked if the cup could be passed from him. But he knew that his purpose was greater than his pain. Our submission is not just about us, but the bigger picture. And so my question is, who could you influence by submitting your body? The world's watching. So the next is the biggest question of how. Very churchy answer is by living out the phrase, submission is us saying no to our flesh, but yes to Christ. And so this whole entire time, you're like, yes, amen. But in your mind, you're probably thinking, Angela, how in the world do I do this? And so this is the time of the night where I'll answer some questions, but I probably will tick some of you off. Let's go. Um, because we can't pick and choose what part of our bodies we submit See, it says that Jesus gave up his whole body on the cross. In Romans, it tells us to offer our whole bodies. And a simple way to look at this of how is to look at our different body parts. And so the first one, I'm just going to tackle the hardest one right out the gate. So let's go. Um, our mouths. <laughs> um, so let's bring ourselves back to our text. Jesus was about to be crucified, right? He had every reason we could think of this world in this world to be angry to whine to complain maybe say some pretty creative words but he's Jesus so he didn't and instead with humility he had reverence for the father's authority and he asked for it to be taken and when that didn't happen he said let your will be done see this right here the mouth if you know me you know this is my biggest downfall <laughs> like if you were to ask my mom or my siblings i was a pretty well-behaved child, but it's when I opened my mouth that I would start to get in trouble. It's like, oh, my mom would even say, oh, Angela, if you would have just shut up, you would have been fine. 
But instead, I respond with sassy comments or um, maybe screaming when I don't get my way. I still might do that. Um, or years later, using very creative language of four-letter words. Um, but even now, sometimes my natural response is from my mouth is not to say things that are so holy or pleasing to God. And I have to ask myself, what's my natural response? Is it to pray or praise or is it to do something else? In scripture, it talks a lot about the power of the tongue and how it's something hard to control. And to you, this may seem like a daunting task, but it just starts with daily submitting it. See, now while I often struggle with what I say, it's more of how I say it that gets your girl in a lot of trouble, right? It's maybe jokes that aren't taken that way, being bossy or hard-headed, or, you know, the great amount of sass that is in my body. It's how I say things that become an issue. This has been the past couple months of me really learning what that looks like of submitting that to Jesus and be like, Angela, this has to change. And so just a side note, I'm, I'm calling out myself, but really all of us, I have heard a lot of self-deprecation in this ministry. People that even in a joking way will say things negatively about themselves. And my friends, this has to stop. Our mouths should be reflecting how Jesus sees us. And honestly, when I hear some of the jokes or even hear the jokes that I say about myself, it's not reflecting how the Father sees me. We have to remind ourselves it's not about what we say, not only about what we say, but how we say it. Are we showing Jesus through our words? And does the world see any difference between uh, Christians and those that aren't? So just kind of quickly going through some things of we've handled what not to say or not how to say it, but maybe some positive things. So often we hear the verse, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, this should not be. We focus on the cursing part and not so much about the praise. Are we having an attitude of gratitude in everything that we do? Are we saying thank you to God only when he does stuff for us, or are we praising him for who he tr truly is? Also, are we just even praising him at all? Often we get caught up in the day-to-day -day and the, we don't realize how the Lord has been intertwined in everything that we do and we don't thank him enough. Another way to submit your mouth is through encouragement. We're all a family here, right? Right, yeah, yeah, shake your head, yeah. It is time that we stop relying on affirmation night and final banquet for us to speak words of encouragement to one another. This should be a daily lifestyle, y'all. Like, if someone's doing something great, tell them. If they are really growing in their faith, let them know. Speak those things even more into being. It may just be the encouragement that they need. The last way is by that we can submit our mouths in a positive way is by spreading the gospel. Are we relying solely on the fact that we act like a Christian to show people Jesus? And it's a sad fact, but fewer and fewer Christians are leading someone to the Lord in their lifetime. But all over scripture, it tells us that we are going to share the gospel, tell of the wonders of God, and share the good news. We have to start by submitting our mouths. So the last few are like combined. It's our feet to go and our hands to serve. And I've heard this many times, but like you hear the phrase that we are Jesus with skin on to people, right? We're carriers of Christ. We are the only Jesus that some people may see in this world. See, we have the ability to do the miraculous, the extraordinary, but also to serve in the little things. And Jesus did this in his ministry. He reached out to widows and orphans, and we're called to do the same. We are called to serve like Jesus did. Maybe he's asking uh, you to use your feet to move and go in a different direction. Go a different route to class because he might have someone that you're supposed to meet along the way. 
Maybe he's asking you to use your feet to jump or dance and worship. Step out in that. He might be using, asking you to use your hands to serve more. Are we being selfish and only being a taker in this ministry? Are we um, really truly being an owner or a member? See, this can be put into practice by simply giving back. And it doesn't have to be some grand expression of servitude. I don't even know if that's a word. But it can be little things like writing down the prayer requests for your life group. Maybe it's leading a prayer on Monday night prayer. Maybe, and the staff would love you all for this, helping take out the trash at the Chi Alpha house. Yeah, what? Okay, so here it is. When we submit our hands to the Lord, it's saying, here I am, God, use me. So next is our eyes and our ears. We can submit our eyes and our ears to the Lord by what we watch and what we listen to. When I was a little girl in a Sunday school class, I heard it equated to this, garbage in, garbage out, right? And so you know how at the beginning I said I would feel like the biggest hypocrite? Here's another portion of the night for that. Um, I myself enjoy rap music. <laughs> like, I love, like, I was raised on Diddy and Tupac and Biggie. Like, my brother, literally, I'm practicing my message, and he texts me a picture of this Biggie shirt that's at Walmart for a dollar. He's like, I picked you up one. It's like, thanks. Um, like, that's just how I was raised. Not only that, I am a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. I got more hallelujahs on that than I have through other things in this message. People, come on. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. We have to be aware of what we're letting in. And please know that I'm not saying just listen to worship music, but this is towards me. If I have to turn down the volume when my life group is in the car because of a certain bad word, should it even be on my playlist? If I believe in a life of sexual purity, why are some of my favorite songs about promiscuity? It's questions I have to ask myself. You can ask yourself later. What I'm saying is that we all have to be aware of the check in our spirits. All of this can be simplified into saying that we have the power and there's a discipline in just saying no to ourselves. See, other practical great examples of this is through fasting and quiet time. Fasting being like I'm giving up food, social media, anything like that so that I can hear from the Lord more clearly, pray more passionately, or simply go deeper with the Lord. Quiet time, I feel like most of us know what that is. It's time that we're setting aside to spend time in worship and prayer and his word. And now I grew up in church, and I know a lot of you did. I knew all the verses. I know all the songs. But this is one of the hardest disciplines I have to have in my life. More than food, more than music, it's this. Because the root of it goes back to this, is spending time with Jesus. <sighs> Why? Because I'm not submitting my time to him. In the passage in Luke, we see that Jesus was off having a heart-to-heart. -heart. He was spending time with the Father. And what did he ask his disciples to do? Pray. What did they do? They slept. And, like, we can equate this to, like, just watching Netflix or something today. They weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. We have to ask ourselves the same question. Are we doing with our time what we should be? And so I know I've covered quite a bit tonight, and so quickly recap the six questions and their simple answers. Who? All of us submit to God. What is submission? A surrender to knowing he is God and we are not. When? When we feel like it and when we don't. Where? Our physical and spiritual lives. Why? Because there is a greater purpose. And how? by giving our whole selves over to him and all that we say and do. 
So tonight we're going to do something a little different at the end, but before we do, please bow your head and close your eyes.